You all ready for Christmas? Ever had one of those weeks where you wonder what's going to go on wrong next? The reason I'm using this microphone is the one I wear stopped working. We had an incident yesterday where we smelt burning in the building and then the lights went out. Not these, different ones this time. And you sort of think, what's going to go wrong next? And then you watch the advertisers on telly. Christmas is. Come and buy your turkey from this shop for a perfect Christmas. Whatever a perfect Christmas is. And that's hope that we're going to have a perfect Christmas that is like the movies that make up all this extra. And then you have the other advertisers. Christmas is not Christmas without a particular brand of jewellery or a particular present. It's okay. I've got Chris, Vicky's Christmas present. I'm going to be okay. She's got a saucepan coming. <laughs> you ask her on Christmas Day what she got, all right? You ask her. Yeah. I'm so excited. It's all right, it's a good quality one. Not cheap. Yeah. Christmas. The desire to make it perfect. The desire to have a Christmas where nothing goes wrong. The desire for Christmas just to be okay. I want to ask the question this morning. Wasn't the first Christmas okay? Wasn't the first Christmas, God's planned Christmas, enough? Of course, we had all sorts of extra things for Christmas, the Santa coming and the miracle on 34th Street and all those sorts of things. But the first Christmas was the most incredible story. And I believe God's challenging us in this year when there's austerity, when we are trying to find happiness, that happiness can be found right in the story of the first Christmas. It's a story that had been predicted for many years. Isaiah had written about it. The psalmist had written about it. God had promised it for years and years to come. So it's no accident. There was no accident in God's plan. It's not a whole set of coincidences that come together and have been written about. God had a And God made sure his plan came together. A plan that was predicted, a plan that's full of miracles. You know, it's been predicted that there would be a census, and the census there was. Little do they know, world leaders, when they're making decisions that God has actually got a plan. And they're just stepping in. To God's plan.
And then stories of angels meeting normal people, lowly people. That sense that God's plan is not just for the rich and the mighty, it was for the normal and the everyday, including you and me. God's plan for this first Christmas. And so, as we go up to Christmas and everybody's trying to convince us that for Christmas to be happy, we need to spend lots and lots on presents. We need to have the most amazing feasts. We need to have everything in place. Let's strip it back. Let's strip it back to see the first Christmas. How many hours do you spend writing your Christmas cards? Maybe you don't spend long. Maybe you do one of the letters that tells everybody of your family news. And maybe you send it to everyone or maybe you're sparingly and send it to those who you know will be interested. And those telling the news. And inside the Christmas cards... We're blessed we get many Christmas cards and often people will write a personal note inside the Christmas cards, that message. And you think sometimes long and hard for those special people, what am I going to say to that special person this year? Maybe your husband or wife or your mother or child, maybe your best friend or that one who has saved you from something. And those cards, you spend extra time just writing that special message. The Bible is full of God's special messages. The Christmas message. The message of hope. And maybe the most famous message from the scripture is that one from John chapter 3 verse 16. God loved the world so much. He gave his only son. This Christmas story of God giving his son. And that sense of an act of love. An act of unconditional love given to the world. Is God's message for us this Christmas. And maybe you're looking for appreciation from all over the place. Maybe you're looking for a purpose and a meaning. Let me tell you that in the story of a fragile baby is the greatest message ever. A message of love. Do you know you're loved? You really are loved so much. And this Christmas, amongst all the noise and the songs, and yes, Chris Rea has left. He's driving home for Christmas already. And all those things that are going on that you don't think you're going to be proper Christmas without the one thing. You need to hear this Christmas as you're loved. A love by an awesome God 
an amazing God. We also have written on the God's card to you is that statement. I love the verse from Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 17, don't you? God delights in you. He sings love songs over you. If God was going to be writing a Christmas card to you today, he'd be saying, I love you. I delight in you. I sing love songs over you. I'm looking forward to next Sunday evening, Steve. And as we gather with all the jazz and all that goes on and, you know, that complicated music stuff that is beyond my knowledge. There will be harmony. There will be a design that puts together the songs so they sound amazing. There'll be a choreographing going on. And however good any one of the artists are, it will not sound together. It will sound right if they're, they're working together. And the first Christmas story is a story of God bringing everything together at the right time. Because the world needed a saviour. You need a saviour. And so your Christmas cards, the preparation, the messages, just stop to hear God's message to you. I love you. I delight in you. Turn to the person next to you for a moment. If there's nobody next to you, look across the aisle. Look behind you, look in front of you. And just tell them, God loves you. Now that was very good. But you know, you've got the greatest message in the world here. The most amazing message of anything. The most amazing message. God loves that person next to you. So this time, tell them like it's the most exciting, amazing message. You have just found out, okay? Tell them that God loves them and God delights in them. Let's try it again with meaning this time. Okay, you don't need to tell the whole Bible story at once. Wasn't that easy? Wasn't that incredibly easy to tell somebody that God loves them? Who else are you going to tell this year? You see, God doesn't just love the people in church, God loves the people outside. Who are you going to tell? Who are you going to tell this Christmas, forget about the presents, just hear this really important message. God loves you, God delights in you, 
And then as we move from the cards to the presents, well, you know, I've told you that I've got Vicky as saucepan. She's out there somewhere. She's not surprised. Look, she got tea towels last week, yes. She's doing better this year. God has a present for you. Can't be bought in Argus. Even Tesco's haven't got it planned this year. The present God has got you is a brand new beginning. A new start. In Luke's Gospel, chapter 4, we read the story of Jesus going up to the temple. And he reads these words. And these words are found also in Isaiah. He's reading from the Old Testament in the temple and he reads these words. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. The recovery of sight for the blind. To set the oppressed free. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. That's what Jesus came to do. In John's Gospel it says about Jesus. Jesus says about himself. I have come to seek and save the lost. This baby given at Christmas, this present from God, is one about turning life the right way round, to reaching the oppressed, to bringing sight to the blind, to bringing hope to the lost, to bringing new life that we can be born again. Not going back into being little babies with smelly nappies. No, not that kind of born again. To having a brand new start where God takes out the old us. And God starts a work of redemption. That's a big word. What's it mean? Well, if you redeem something, you go and buy it back. If you go to the pawnbrokers because you've got no money and you give them your best computer, the one thing in your mind is, how am I going to get that back? And you go and get enough money and then you go and buy it back with interest on what you gave the pawnbroker. That's how the pawnbrokers make money. We were lost. We were lost because of our sin, because of the things we had done wrong. And God didn't just sit there and say, well, that's their own fault. Not like Laurel and Hardy. It's another fine mess you got me into. God sent the price to redeem us from the hold of Satan. And the price was his own son sent into the world as a baby who came to seek and save the lost, to proclaim release to the prisoners, to bring you life. And that is God's present to you Today, this Christmas, but with most presents, you have to receive it. Imagine for a moment you have a presence given to you, 
Maybe somebody special gave it to you. Maybe it was somebody you don't know. And they said, I've got a present for you. And you say, thank you. Put it on the side. And it stays there. Unwrapped. You've been given it. But you haven't received it. God has given you the most amazing present. But have you received it? Have you received it? Not just the present of new life, but the present of his presence within you day by day. God's given that for you. Will you receive it? Maybe today you're feeling down. You're feeling overwhelmed. You're feeling, how am I going to get to Christmas? I've got all these things to do. Maybe if you're a school teacher, it's thinking, I've got another three carol services to run yet. Maybe if you're in retail, you think, oh, for goodness sake, there's another 10 shopping days I've got to be at work for. And you're counting down the days till you can rest. God's present for you, his presence into your life, his power that is coming. The one that was a miracle of the presence of Christ is here for you today. And I want to ask you, truly ask you, have you received God's presence? When I say received, not taken, have you taken it into you? Why are you trying to get through life? Just keep going in my own strength. When God is saying, I've given you my son. I've given you my Holy Spirit. Receive. Receive. And so we've had our cards with the messages from God. We've had the present. We've forgotten the decorations. We like decorations, don't we? They're all over the place, lights on the tree, those sorts of things going on all over the place. God's got a decoration for you. God's decoration is one of the victor's crown. 
Paul says these words, I have fought the good fight, I have completed the race, I have kept the faith, the victor's crown of righteousness is now waiting for me, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day he comes, but not only to me, but all who eagerly wait his appearing. Friends, God's message to you is love, it's forgiveness, it's delight. God's gift for you is his son, his presence, his spirit, his help, his care. And God's promise to you is a victory. A victory that could only happen because of a Christmas day when a fragile baby entered the world in a God-designed way not in a palace, but in a stable. Not in comfort, but in poverty. A refugee who had to flee for his life into Egypt to get away from a mad dictator. And someone who came to seek and save the lost to not let God down. And he died upon a cross, holding in his hands metaphorically all the things that you and I had done well, wrong. And he shouted on the cross, it is This Christmas, how about focusing on that message? How about having the most amazing Christmas as you reboot your relationship with God? If you haven't got wealthy presents, don't worry. You have God who cares. He is the most amazing God who loves us, who cares. He's the man who is overall, yet loves you as an individual. Let's meet him in our worship, and we will meet him around the table.